Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report brought to you by rockspile.com. I am Kevin Henry, one of the co-experts at Rocks Pile, joined today as always by good friend, fellow co-expert, Noah Yingling. Noah, we just finished off uh, watching a sweep in San Francisco. I know we're going to talk a lot about that. And not a sweep in a good way. No, no, when when the folks in orange and black have out the brooms, that's never a good sign. Yeah, um, you know we we got a lot to get to this podcast, uh, but no, let's let's kind of start with what's immediately just happened here. Rockies get swept two for fifteen with runners in scoring position during the three game series. A total of four runs scored in the three game series, and I hate to be that guy, but you and I both talked about in previous podcasts. This was going to be a big series, first one of the year, and going straight from altitude to sea level. And, you know, unfortunately, I think we saw that uh, the offense sputtered in a place where it sputters no matter where. Uh, you know, Oracle, AT&T, Pac-Bell, whatever they're calling their ballpark this week has always been a house of horrors for the Rockies. Yeah, I hate to say told you so, but told you so. Yeah, you can yeah. see it coming a mile away. Yeah, and so 10 games in at 3-7, and seven, I know we're going to look at some 10-game, you know, uh, overreactions and, and talk and everything leading up uh, here in a few minutes. But at 3-7, and seven, I've got to be honest with you, Noah, my thought is to, to borrow Dennis Green, this is – they are who we thought they were. I mean, for lack of a better term. And we had an article up on the site earlier this week. Is the offense better than expected? At least this weekend, no, it was not. No. <laughs> now, you know, and I think maybe, you know, our, and I love our new contributor, by the way. Uh, Nathaniel Sunshine is rocking it. But maybe we need to retitle that, is Arizona's pitching worse than we thought it was? Uh, because I, I will tell you, uh, looking now at what San Francisco threw out there against the Rockies, you know, again, let's do the let's do the sea level thing. Let's talk about that, everything else. But Giants pitchers versus Diamondbacks pitchers, that was quite a chasm, I think, between those two. But also, too, Luke Weaver had a perfect game through six innings today, and the uh, Diamondbacks faced the Reds, who, entering the series, were the top offense in baseball. And today, they combined to allow two hits and two walks. Gotta love baseball. Gotta love it. I'm telling you. That's baseball for you. How many times has Bud Black said that? (laughs) That's baseball. Absolutely. So, so I've got to ask, uh, and let's focus on the Giants series first and then we'll expand it out. So 
an ugly three-game sweep. Let's be perfectly honest. At least in the Sunday game, the, the Rocks made a little bit of noise. Um, I will say one of the – well, a couple of positives, and both really happened later in the series, at least for me. Uh, one, and we talked about it on Rocks Pile, uh, Kyle Freeland with some good uh, video of himself throwing looked good. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's that wonder about when he's going to come back. You know, initially they thought he was going to miss him out a month. If that was the case and you're looking at maybe the end of April for a return for him, that'd be awesome. Uh, you know, and then I wanted to get your take, uh, Noah, uh, you know, Alan Trejo gets the call up with Chris Owings going on the IL, um, you know, got two at bats, uh, didn't get a lot of, a lot of time that we could really see what he did. But curious, whenever you heard Trejo was getting called up, what was kind of the thought process in your mind? Well, my first thought was, okay, um, that's good that he is coming up at least to get a cup of coffee in the majors. But um, my initial question was, okay, was he on the taxi squad or what? And um, that's something we actually found out about today, which – at least I was under the premonition that you had to be on the 40 man roster to be on the uh, taxi squad. And you do not Um, because entering the series, um, the Bud Black said that the, um, that the taxi squad was Gilbreth, Lucas Gilbreth, uh, Colton Welker, uh, Trejo, um, Antonio Santos and who, who is the other one? Uh, it'd be Chris Rabago, the yeah, catcher. That's what it was. Yes. Yep. Um, so yeah. And the thing is of the five guys that were originally on there, only Santos had even made his major league debut. Um, but you look at the 40 man Rabago was not on there. Gilbreth. I believe Gilbreth is on there, but he was just added this off season. Yeah. He, he is on there. Welker is Trejo was not in Santos is. Um, and that's, and that, that tells me a few things. One uh, now, first off, it can change from uh, road trip to road trip. So for the Rockies next road trip, they could choose five different guys if they choose to. Um, but a few things that it told me one, it's kind of surprising that Derek Rodriguez wasn't on there. At least for me, I, found that a little bit surprising. Um, and then some of the other veterans like Connor Joe, uh, Greg Bird as well. But also, too, the other thing it tells me is, and we already knew this, we've known this for years, but it really confirmed it, is the Rockies don't have much depth at all. They do have a lot of guys like Trejo or Hampson that can play all over the place. But just by a sheer number of MLB quality players, they don't have it. No, I, I agree with you. And and the taxi squad question was very interesting whenever Bud was talking about that today and the things that they go through because, um, you know, and just to sum it up here, the taxi squad uh, dresses with the Rockies. They're in the clubhouse. They do everything with the team except for during the game. And then they cannot be in the clubhouse during that time. But still, for a guy like a Lucas Gilbreth or Chris Rabago, this has to be such a great learning experience 
you know, we always talk about these guys learning from the veterans in spring training, but now you've got them actually traveling on the road, you know, kind of seeing what it's like to be a major leaguer away from home, you know, things like that, uh, that will make a difference. Uh, you know, the pay dividends, even if these guys never make it into a game like Trejo did this weekend in San Francisco. Yeah, and as uh, Bud Black said today, um, and I believe Patrick Saunders of the Denver Post tweeted it out too, uh, Trejo is, you discussed with them on the podcast two weeks ago now, um, he went to San Diego State. Yep. Um, and while he was still at San Diego State, he met Bud Black because Bud Black went there. He still lives in San Diego as well. Um, but uh, according to Bud Black, uh, Trejo has been trying to use the San Diego State card a few times with him. Yeah, that that was actually a pretty cool part of the uh, pregame press conference today was uh, Bud talking about uh, the joy of getting to tell somebody they've made the major league team, uh, you know, and what that's like. And and yeah, there was a lot of joking about uh, Bud and Trejo knowing their Aztec connection and and all this stuff. And I'll tell you, one of the best parts of the whole conference today was when Bud just subtly mentioned, uh, because Trejo was an aer- aerospace engineering major, uh, and Bud kind of just mentioned in passing, oh, that was my minor. And, you know, it was that whole, is he serious uh, moment just for a second there. I mean, you know, you're 99% sure he's he's pulling one over on you, but he had this very stoic look on his face when he said that. So it was like, well played, Bud Black, well played. Well, it's classic Bud Black. He doesn't like to show his cards, very dry sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Even, even with serious stuff like uh, roster moves or injuries, which we're actually going to talk about here in a minute, he'll he'll say, uh, I know you guys are trying to da- tie me down at a time, but I don't have one, so I'm not going to say one. Sorry. <laughs> so no, he, but, no. he is very, like I said, he tries to keep things very close to him and then uh, very dry sense of humor. Absolutely. And as Noah mentioned, hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Trejo injuries and what that Rockies roster may look like as we get into the next 10 games of this season. Uh, So stick with us here on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. And we are back on the Rocks Power Rockies Report. Kevin Henry here with Noah Yingling talking Alan Trejo, talking about the roster moves that were made this past weekend in San Francisco. And again, Noah, I'm going to be real interested to watch a convergence happening here because you've got Chris Owings, who has done extremely well for the Rocks this year. You know, you could argue he's been the MVP so far this year. Maybe Ryan McMahon and he could have a, a nice battle on that. Uh, obviously he's going to the injured list. Alan Trejo gets his MLB debut, but lurking in the background of all of this is another infielder who can play multiple positions, Brendan Rogers, uh, you know, and, and you get that feeling that he's getting closer and closer to making his season debut after, uh, hurting his hamstring on a stolen base attempt during spring training. Yeah. And, as, it, as I've said, and we've said in general for the Rockies, it's going to be a huge year for Rodgers. Um, is he the MLB quality player or even an all-star quality player heading forward or going forward for the Rockies? Or is he, is he one of those quadruple A kind of guys where he's uh, the most famous one I can think of, most people probably haven't heard of him, is Mike Hessman. 
I mean, he had 400, 500 homers in the minor leagues, played in AAA for a decade. But when he'd go up to the majors, I mean, he would just be terrible at the plate. I mean, he career sub 200 hitter. Um, so essentially, is is Brendan Rodgers going to be one of those players where he is he um, an, an MLB quality player like the Rockies were hoping when they drafted him in the first round? Or is he going to be injury prone? Is he an MLB bat? Um, will he be able to steal like 20 bases like he said he hoped he would do this year? Will he will he be able to develop into that next step or the next higher level? And as of now, the injuries have hampered him on that. Um, but if he can get rid of the injuries, he, he'll at least have the opportunity. And, and that's one thing that he's never really had uh, is the opportunity for consistent playing time. And that is coming. And again, I think you see kind of this interesting uh, vortex, you know, I'm, I'm going to use some, some big words here since, you know, we've got an aerospace engineer major now. I'm yeah. Gonna, very uh, large brains here. Uh, I'll tell you, <laughs> I'm, I'm going high level. Um, but, you know, I, I'm going to be real curious to see what happens. Cause one thing that we also saw in the giant series was Garrett Hampson started to slump a little bit. Uh, so we've got to see now what happens, how much playing time does he get? Uh, when does Brendan Rogers actually come back? Obviously, you know, on the surface, it looks like when Rogers comes back, Trejo will be moved off the, uh, the, the active roster and, and probably back to the taxi squad. But will that happen in the Dodgers series or will they go with what they've got right now? And I've got to be honest, Noah, I looked at at one point today, um, and again, recording this on Sunday, right after the Rockies are swept in San Francisco, but the bench that was, that was for the Rockies uh, heading into those late innings, you had Crone, you had Daza, you had Diaz, and you had Trejo. And I think the highest batting average was still below 200 uh, of those guys that you could choose from. And that's that was the thing with the Giants, too, heading into the series, where they had, uh, I believe it was Buster Posey and um, Evan Longoria. Everybody else wasn't hitting anything. I mean, even as of today, Mike Yastrzemski is hitting like 107. Um, and that's that's been the problem with the Rockies, too, is just actually getting some consistent at-bats and getting consistent um, hits. I mean, McMahon obviously has done well. Then Owings, but he's now on the injured list. Uh, this series, Trevor's story seems to be heating up some, but you've got guys like Charlie Blackman, who still, uh, he stranded six or seven runners today. And he's hitting 182. Um, you've got some other guys like Hilliard, now, granted, he hasn't had as much playing time, but he's hitting 143. Fuentes is hitting 206. So uh, you have to get some more consistent offensive production from these guys. It can't be. Uh, and that's been the Rockies' problem in general, is it can't be these two or three guys. You have to make the playoffs. You have to have a good season from nearly the entire roster. Good uh, playoff teams aren't going to get to the playoffs 
with two or three players playing well. It's not the NBA. And again, we are 10 games into the season, and I know everybody is going to take 10 games with a grain of salt. But at the same time, I think there's some things that we can look at in these first 10 games and really talk about, are we overreacting here or is there something to be concerned about? And I'll be honest, one of the first things that pops into my mind right now is Charlie Blackman. Um, you know, certainly off to a rough start. We've had a couple of articles, uh, strongly encourage you to read some of the research that, uh, our friend Kevin Larson, who is saber skeptic on Twitter, put out in his gambling preview about Charlie Blackman and some of the statistics that it's seen. And if you're not following, uh, at Oak tree status, Luke Hall on Twitter, do that because he puts out some fantastic, uh, commentary on Twitter and, the alarm feels like it's going off a little bit about Charlie. I'm sure he will write the ship. I'm sure that he will crack out of his funk that he is in right now, but I'm not sure that he's going to get back to that red hot Charlie Blackman that we saw to start the 2020 campaign. And Aaron Hurt has had a few articles for us as well. Absolutely. I was going to mention Aaron. You're exactly right. Where he, he's been sounding off on it since spring training. Um, and I think it definitely is a problem. Uh, now, if you just look last year at his stats, oh, he hit 303 and whatever. Okay. But you look at the splits. We all know in the first quarter of the season, he hit 500. The last three quarters of the season, he hit 211 or somewhere around that area. So if you're getting that on top of what he did in spring training, which was not lighting the world on fire by any means. And he's hitting 182 now. That's something where, as we know, Bud Black likes to shift around the lineup some, but with his veterans in particular, he's kept Charlie Blackman in that cleanup spot. Does he need to move down some in the lineup, even just to regain some confidence or see some results? Because I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say this is the case with Blackman, but there's sometimes where they'll say, oh, well, he's just run into some bad luck and he's hit the ball hard and he's just, uh, he's not, as we Willie Keeler said, he isn't hitting them where they ain't. But right. Right. the thing is, at the end of the day, you still have to get results because, oh, well, we have the best, uh, uh, for example, of, all the players in spring training. Oh, they're all in the best condition in the, the best condition of their life. They are all grinders. They're all this. Not everybody can win. You can say, "Oh, I'm the best whatever ever," but you're probably not. So, and when you're when you aren't seeing the results, you can't say that. Like we've said with the Rockies in general the last few years. Oh, the, we're we're an exceptionally talented team. Well, the numbers don't say it. So show us. You yeah. haven't. Well, and, and again, I want to give credit to Luke Hall at Oak Tree Status on Twitter. Uh, I was I was flipping through Twitter earlier, and here's here's one thing that he said, and and it's again, it's a great point. Over Charlie's last 186 at bats. Okay, so that's back into last year. Uh, that's not just a, a slump to start the season or whatever you might be saying right now. Over his last 186 bats, Charlie's hitting 188. Yeah. Now. I know those are not advanced metrics and I know that's just his batting average and everything else, but yeah, that's a red flag. Absolutely. It is. 
And like with spring training with Charlie Blackman, especially the last few years, we've seen that he's not particularly a great hitter in spring training because this year he hit 163. If we're just going by averages, he hit 163. Last year before, I believe this was before, uh, this was the first spring training, so not the summer training. Before He was hitting uh, 156. Yep. 2019, he hit 174. Now, the previous years, 2017 and 2018, he hit 375 and 275, which is obviously a lot better. But um, the past few years, at least, he has not been great in spring training. But when you're starting to see it into the regular season, like it was last year and this year, that's a problem. I agree. Absolutely. All right. So negative Nelly there. Okay. Let's flip it around. Ryan McMahon. Rymack has started the year hot. He looks much better at the plate than he did last year. Uh, somebody said earlier today, and I was so in agreement with it, that he's fouling off pitches this year that he was swinging through last year. Yeah. And just that little bit of a difference, obviously. We, you know, we know about the power, we know about the three home run game, uh, you know, all that stuff. But, but on the surface, through these first 10 games, it's a different Ryan McMahon. And that's really good news for the Rockies. Yeah, and we he was one of the guys that we said at the very beginning of the year, and even in spring training, he's gotta step up for them. If they if they plan on being the snake in the grass, if there was one X factor, it was Ryan McMahon. At least so far in 10 games, he has been that guy. Now, can he carry it out there 162? Obviously, we don't know. But just looking in comparison from last year to this year, last year he had 172 at bats. And he hit 215 with nine homers and 26 RBI. This year in 37 at bats. So we're talking a fifth of the at bats. His batting average is up 109 points. He nearly has, he has more than half of the home runs he had last year. And he's got more than a third of the RBI he had last year. And his OPS is up. 412 points. Noah, you know what I think that sounds like to me? A cleanup hitter. I, I'm just saying. You need to be in an even spot. I mean. Yeah, that's true. You, <laughs> you, went, you went into that in an article, I believe, earlier, which is which was crazy. Uh, but, but I really do think that heading into that Dodgers series, uh, and they are, from what I understand, they're going to start Bauer. Uh, Bauer, Bueller, and uh, Urias. Uh, no, Bueller is not going. Oh, Bueller is not okay. There you go. They uh, the Rockies miss out out on him. Um, the Dodgers are going to give him some extra days rest, so it is going to be Bauer, May, and Urias. Okay, and then sends a telegram Gomber for the Rockies. How nice is it to have a pitching staff that you can just plug in Dustin May? You know, oh, we need a guy. How about him? Yeah, that, that's pretty good. Or David Price. Oh, but, yeah, he's all right. You know. Yeah, uh, former All Star. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. He's, don't need uh, him. Put him in the bullpen. <laughs> he's not our top uh, top long reliever either. He's he's our second long reliever. So okay, so wonder uh, why they I, won the World Series. I, that's crazy. I went down a rabbit hole there, but I do think <laughs> that you know, as you mentioned with Charlie, you know, and and I'm not sure that Bud would do this with Charlie. But I do think that it's worth considering moving him out of that cleanup spot and down a little bit in the order, at least until he's got his swing back. 
but with Rymac hitting the way that he is right now, I love that story Rymac three four combo. Yeah, and I mean when uh, when McMahon was in the lineup and he had the um, when he had the three home runs, he was hitting sixth. So again, there's there's the even thing. He's got to yeah. even in the lineup today. He he did get one hit, but he was hitting fifth. He only got one hit because he was hitting fifth. We've already discussed this. Why? How <laughs> Bud Black is not listened to this and not followed the advice of the numbers is I, I just don't get it. Hard to believe. <laughs> now, if we brought that up to him, I can I can just imagine the reaction that we'd get. <laughs> it would be radio silence and a death stare for a few seconds. I have a feeling just to yeah, and then he would us. tell some kind of joke without laughing and his deadpan humor. <laughs> so now I'm going to ask you, cause I, I touched on it a minute ago. Uh, Hampson obviously had a rough series in San Francisco. Uh, you know, he's a guy that can do a lot on the bases. He can make a lot of waves, but he's got to get on base to have that happen. Uh, so I'm curious to see what happens with the leadoff spot. Uh, we're going to talk about that right after the break. And is it going to be tap time? Once again, the leadoff spot. We'll talk about it next on the Rocks File Rockies Report. And we are back. Kevin Henry here with Noah Yingling. Rocks Pile, Rockies Report from rockspile.com. Noah, we, uh, I was teasing a little bit before the break. I'm curious to see what happens with the lineup in Los Angeles. Three-game series starting Tuesday after that off day. And by the way, it's a kind of strange three-game series because they're all going to be night games. Thursday will not be a day getaway game. Uh, that is Jackie Robinson Day, so they will be honoring him and his amazing legacy as part of the, the Dodgers pregame, which, which will be incredible to watch. But what happens to the Rockies lineup knowing that Hampson has struggled a little bit, uh, knowing that there's not an Owings there? Is it tap time at the top of the lineup? Or has Rymel showed himself to be more worthy to be down in the lineup a little bit more? He's well, he said that he's been he's more comfortable in the leadoff spot, which that that, that should definitely be considered. But, um, Hampson, I is after this series, it's I mean, at least he's as we discussed in an article earlier this week, he he's been taking a lot of pitches, which is something you want in a leadoff guy, yep. but he has to get on base more. I mean, there's really no other way about it. And Tapia is starting to heat up a little bit. So perhaps uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the leadoff spot for a few games. Um, but it's, it's something that Bud Black is, has and will toy around with going forward. Just because, as we know, he likes to ride the hot hand. Yep. All right. So, let, so let's play a game here. If Tapia's one, Story's three, in a perfect world, being man's four, who's two? Goodbye. Yeah, I mean, right now, the way that the hits are going for the Rockies, I'm not sure who I would just say, oh, well, that's your easy top four lineup right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, CJ Krohn would uh, realistically should be somewhere one to five, but should he even be playing right now? Yeah. At some point, he's got to shake the shake off. Uh, I mean, it looks so good in spring training. And, man, just the regular season, he just has not found it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, a lot of questions to be at, 
to be answered uh, as we get into the series. And and I'm going to say it's a pretty pivotal series. The Rockies at least have show some life in this series against the Dodgers. Yeah. And I mean, we, uh, it'd be great if they swept the Dodgers. I can tell you right. I'll tell you right now. It's probably not going to happen. But um, even if you can get one or two of them, you, you just don't get swept. I mean, yeah. if, if you get swept, you're going to be three and ten to start the season. Not yeah. easy to come out of that hole. And you've lost. You know, let the Dodgers are coming off the sweep of the Nationals right after they get their World Series ring. So obviously, a lot of good emotion running there at Chavez Ravine. But worst, worst case for the Rockies, you get swept by the Dodgers. Like you said, you're already three and 10. And on the flip side, you are already, if my math holds right, you're six or seven games behind the Dodgers in the standings. The Dodgers then would be 11 and two. The Rockies are already five games back. All right. So then it'd be an eight game. Yeah. It'd be an eight game jump. So, I mean. Again, things to it's, you know, and you can say it's early. You can, you can say all those things, but at some point you've got to realize that that gap we talked about all off season between the top tier teams in the NL West and the other three, including the Rockies, it's really starting to show itself already. Yeah. And I mean, if it wasn't for the Rockies getting swept by the giants, um, there, the divide would already be very apparent because it's eight and two Dodgers, seven and three Padres, six and three Giants. They were 500 entering the series. And the, so they were one and a half back Dodgers. But then Arizona, four back, Rockies, five back. Yeah. So, yeah, you're already starting to see it. Um, the Diamondbacks, uh, they've been, oh, like you said, and it's the thing with all mediocre teams is just finding the consistency with Luke Weaver, as we mentioned in the first segment, he, he had a perfect game going through six innings today, but in 2019, he pitched really well last year. He was awful. So which one are you getting? And that's the thing with the Rockies too, just finding the consistency. And that was one of the things with Nolan Arenado. You knew every year, he would get a gold glove. He'd give you 15 defensive runs saved and he'd give you 35 to 40 homers and 120 RBI. And that's the thing that the Rockies are lacking now where, okay, is Garrett Hampson an MLB quality player, let alone a leadoff hitter is toppy of that. can McMahon keep it going really uh, outside of Trevor story and because Charlie Blackman, as we discussed, has been not doing great. He's their most consistent guy. And that's a problem. Yeah, it is. And, and I'll tell you what's a problem is that we've, we've dissected a lot. And we haven't even touched on the pitching yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and, and there's a lot. That's a whole other podcast, I feel like, because there's so much that we can get into right now. Uh, you know, but I, I will say that after the Kez outing today in San Francisco, um, start off shaky again. Uh, yeah. but at least there was that those moments in the middle part of his outing that he looked strong, but then you know, just completely went off the rails. And, and I know the pitch count was getting up there, but still, 
uh, toward the end. So you can't have nearly 40 pitches in the first inning. You can't have four full counts. Um, you can't have curved balls that are either bouncing up to the plate or nearly above the batter's head and nowhere in between. Um, and then when, when they are in between, they're right down the middle. Um, and I mean, you could even just see just watching the game. He was getting so frustrated out on the mound. Yeah. Because he had no idea where the pitches were going, at least in the first inning. Now the second inning helped because I, he think, I think he had eight pitches in the second inning. So that ended up uh, developing more into a Marquez like start, but that's been a problem for him in his first two starts. And it's been a problem for the Rockies in general. I mean, with Austin Gomber, he's, he's got a ton of walks Yeah, and the Rockies in general, they, they don't strike out many guys. And I believe they're second to last in strikeouts and they're the highest in walks. That's not a good recipe for succeeding in 2021 baseball. Now in 1980 baseball, okay. If you strike out six guys per nine innings, that's great. But also two guys at the time through 85 for a fastball. So in today's day and age, if you aren't striking out a batter an inning, you're behind the curve and the Rockies are well behind the curve on that. And when you're walking five per nine innings, that's a massive, massive issue because you can't be giving up free runs. It is. And, and, you know, Bud Black alluded to that in his Sunday pregame call uh, about the uh, walks and how that those were already becoming a problem for the Rockies. Obviously didn't see a lot of good news on that front in the Sunday finale against the Giants. Uh, you know, and, and this will be something that, you know, it was talked about during the Dodgers series that L.A., one of the reasons they're so good is plate discipline. Yep. And so they will sit there and they will wait for their pitch. And if you don't give it to them, they'll be more than happy to take a walk from you. Yeah. And especially if you're walking four or five guys in inning, they will happily take the bases loaded walk that you gave to them on four pitches because you uh, and. That, that's another thing, too, is having competitive at-bats. You, you're not going to win every single at-bat. But, if, for example, with Marquez, I was just saying it. If you're having a curveball that's either above the batter's eyes, bouncing up there, or right down the middle, that's, that's not competitive. Right. If you're having a fastball that you can't locate either, then why, why, are you, why should the hitter go up there and say, oh, I'm going to swing at this? When they they can just go up there, ball, 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 I'm on first. At least show some kind of competition out there. It, essentially, don't lay over and, here, you beat me. No. But throw some strikes. Locate it. Obviously, it's easier said than done. But, um, but locating pitches and just the small things in a game. Earlier in the first inning today, we saw mental errors. You can't have mental errors because teams, even like the Giants, a pitch later took advantage of it because Brandon Belt is not the fastest runner on the planet, and he should not be able to steal second base in the first inning with Marquez not looking to first, Fuentes not covering the bag over at first or uh, waiting for a pickoff, and nobody's covering second base. He just waltzes into second base, and a pitch later – RBI single, 
and then the run scores. And right then and there, because the offense isn't working right now, it, game game over because yeah. you made one mental error. Gave up one hit and one mental error, game's over. Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing that I've, I've felt from a lot of fans and, and you know watching the game is that if the Rockies get behind in San Francisco right now with the way this offense is playing, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be tough for them to mount a comeback. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to take that lead back. So um, I'm going to say one thing that I'm really watching heading into the uh, Dodgers series, and I'm going to touch on a theme that we've we've talked about already, uh, but I'm going to be watching Charlie. I absolutely am. I will say, uh, you know, so this is not a doom and gloom Chuck Nasty episode. His His defense has been great. Uh, he has has thrown out some runners from third or from right to third. Uh, he's playing very well in the outfield, but can he come back at the plate? And what do they do with him in the order? Do they acknowledge that there's something to that needs to be changed somehow, or is Charlie such a creature of habit that they dare not move him around too much? So that's one thing I'm watching in the Dodgers series. Noah, what about you? I'll be watching for a few things. One, um, the Rockies bullpen. Or really the pitching staff in general. The, the walks. Um, as we know, the Rockies uh, don't have a great left-handed reliever in the bullpen right now. Right now it's Ben Bowden, and he's the only guy. And the Dodgers have plenty of guys that will hit uh, uh, plenty of left-handers and now granted Bellinger's on the injured list right now. They do have some left-handers in the lineup and they have a lot of guys who are left-handed on their bench, but how is he going to be against a Corey Seager, a Gavin Lux, known Rockies killer Max Muncy? Because in theory, at least, you should have a lefty up against them. But is Bud Black going to trust Ben Bowden in that spot when he's been walking the ballpark lately? Yep. So that'll, that'll be something. Um, and then also to um, Tapia, whether Tapia, Tapia and Hampson up to the top of the line, um, especially against Arias since he's a lefty. Is Tapia... Uh, and another thing there with Urias is since he's a lefty, will Ryan McMahon be in the lineup? Yep. Because he wasn't in the lineup on opening day because Kershaw was in, and he's a lefty. So will Bud Black will Bud Black be able to or be confident in sending his lefties out there because he's got plenty of lefties and face Urias or not? Yeah. I, I don't – I'm not sure that you can not put him out there right now. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think he's really one of your best options offensive-wise. And I know left on left, I know matchups, all that stuff. But at, at some point, you've got to say, all those be damned, we got to get some offense going somehow. Yeah, and especially since uh, Marius is going in uh, Thursday's game, the series finale, I wonder with – on. Um, on what you said with Charlie, if he continues to struggle in the next two games, does he get an off day against him? 
Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we do have the off day uh, for the Rockies on Monday. Uh, then they get into a really weird uh, schedule, um, you know, and just, just touching on this very quickly. I they've got the Dodgers. There you go. I know. <laughs> Dodgers in LA for three, home for the Mets for three, day off, two games set with the Astros, day off. Oh, by the way, the Astros are at Coors Field. Uh, so day off after that series. And then you've got Phillies coming in for three. And then guess where they go, Noah? Guess where they go straight from the Philly series in Denver? San Francisco. San Francisco, right back to Oracle AT&T Pac Bell Park. Isn't that tremendous? I love that. I want to preface the Astros series, even though that's a week away. Over or under? 0.5 trash cans thrown onto the field at Coors. Oh, thrown onto the field of Coors? Yes. I'm going to say zero, but I'm going to say that there will be, uh, if you gave me an over-under on noise, either from the fans or that somehow makes its way onto the Jumbotron or something from uh, resembling a trash can, I think that would be a much, much higher number. Because I I forget where it was where they were playing, where somebody threw a trash can out on the field. Which I think it was Oakland, wasn't it? Do they yeah, do that? I, I, yeah, it probably was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah hey it's possible anything's possible i mean we, we you know maybe the cat will make another appearance you know you can't ever tell what's gonna happen so maybe the cat will go into the trash can that was thrown on the field and that's how they can catch the cat there you go you know what you that you talk about a mind-blowing experience boom that's it right there it's well like i said with bud black and now the rockies really need to listen to me on stuff i mean i don't know what i don't know what else you i can I, I mean, this is, this is gold right here. It's gold, Jerry gold. Uh, well, no, I said George Costanza in the, in the front office. I mean, that might be the top of it. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Oh man. All right. Well, it's going to be an interesting week ahead. Uh, certainly we got Dodgers, we got Mets. Uh, we will come at you with another podcast on the off day after those two series it's going to be very interesting to see what the mood's going to be like in Rocky's kingdom after uh, those two uh, series are finished. So no, any final thoughts, man? Like I said, Dodger series got to get at least one because yep. otherwise you're, you're digging yourself out of a big hole that I, frankly, I don't think they would. Can't argue, man. Huge. Yeah. Cannot argue. Well, we will be at Coors Field uh, when the Rockies come home. So make sure you're following us at RocksPileFS on Twitter. Also on RocksPile.com, we're going to bring you always, every day, at least one uh, fresh piece of content for your viewing pleasure. But until we talk again, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling signing off for RocksPile Rockies Report. And as always, go Rockies. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.